0: Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we spend time together today, uh, we pray for your Holy Spirit to fall afresh upon us. I pray for the words I speak. I pray for us as we hear and listen that we would hear what it is that you are saying through these words to each of us. I pray for your continued inspiration in the life and work of our church, that we might be a light, a city on a hill, that brings light to others. Amen. Uh, so I'm going to be speaking from um, the paper uh, I wrote um, and sent to you all uh, this week, um, thinking particularly looking ahead in the context of our um, vision work that we've been doing. Uh, so this, if this sounds familiar, that's great because it means you read it. Uh, if it doesn't, that's okay. Um, There will be some slides on the screen, um, and uh, that, uh, again, might be familiar. Uh, So we did vision work in 2016. I've been here for eight years now, and um, when I got here... um, the requirement of the then-bishop was you need to come up with priorities in the first year. So some of us did that. Were you, you hear any of you in that meeting? I found some pictures the other day of us sitting around uh, doing that initial work of going, what are our priorities? And uh, one-year priorities turn into uh, a longer vision. And so because it was 2016, we were looking ahead to 2020. And so uh, like every other church, every other business, every bank, we had a 2020 vision because, you know, you would, wouldn't you? The one time in history. And then our 2020 vision got slightly scuppered by a pandemic. Uh, COVID-19 came along and, um, and, and it shifted things drastically. So uh, parish council um, continued to do the work all the time of holding the church's vision and working out what are we specifically called to do As a parish community here and um, and so it was felt that you know we should just come up with one-year priorities at a time um, and not uh, because we don't know uh, what church is going to look like um, in the years ahead and and so uh, finally we said okay we've we've, we can't keep coming up with one-year priorities we need to look a bit further ahead Um, I I don't know if you've ever um, gone um, out in a sailboat Um, And uh, if you've gone sailing, you'll know that you need to have some idea of where you're going to go. Because if not, the wind will have some idea of where you're going and will blow you there. And so, in a sense, some people might say, well, why does the church need a vision? We could quote the Proverbs that say, without vision, the people perish. And that gets scary. Are we going to perish? Well, I would suggest that across the world, there are churches in which the people are perishing but it's not a quick perishing, it's slow. Uh, the definition of, of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. You've heard that said, right? Um, and so, uh, so we needed to ask those questions, um, and we've had a lot of feedback. Um, we, um, if, you, if you've been away for two months, you might have missed this. But if you haven't, uh, you've either seen emails Um, or you've been part of conversations, or you've filled out surveys. Um, And the way the Anglican Church works is that uh, they... give me the task of pulling together, uh, in a sense, um, what the vision is. Because I'm the one that's going to have to um, be the, the under-shepherd who helps uh, bring it about. Uh, not on my own, but I am here to, to lead the parish. So, in a sense, you all do all the conversation, all the fun stuff, and, uh, and then tell me everything you think. And then my head has just been buzzing for about the last month as I've been hearing so many ideas good ideas, and yet somehow we need a document. We need to know uh, what are we going to put on paper. And so I've done my best best to be both as specific and as vague as possible. Did you get that when you read it? There are some specific things, but there is sufficient space and vagueness um, that allows for the Holy Spirit to work, that allows for society to change around us, that allows for parish council to hold the vision year by year and go, okay, how are we going to tweak that this year? And speaking of tweaking, that was one of the things we heard loud and clear from many of the, the focus groups and the life groups that met. They said, we don't want drastic change. We want things to change a little bit. We want to sharpen the saw You've read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. We want to sharpen the saw, uh, but we don't want to go and buy a load of new saws. So, that is why what you see in front of you looks rather similar to what was there before. I didn't delete the document and start a new one. Uh, Based on feedback, it's been edited and tweaked, and some words have been changed. There are no perfect words. Um, But that's my way of introduction um, as to how we've got. Um, So this does not tell us everything that we are going to be doing in the next two, five, or ten years. It just sets out a kind of general roadmap. We begin with a belief statement, which is important in any organization, but especially for the church. There's two Bible verses uh, that we often say, John 3.16, someone want to recite that? Fantastic. Um, I think we need to learn that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It's on the stained glass outside the chapel. We need to know that verse. Um, I guarantee the kids do. Um, second verse, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and life in all its fullness. That's a shorter one. Um, I have come, say it with me, that they may have life, and life in all its fullness. There's a Christian charity called Christian Aid that works around the world, providing relief to people in places of poverty. And they, for a time, had a slogan that says, We believe in life before death. Just think about that for a second. We believe in life before death. And in a sense, uh, the church can sometimes be so focused on the future and say so we believe in life after death, and we just have to tell people about eternal salvation, and that's our job, that we can forget that there are people who live in what can feel to them in the moment like hell right now. And so we believe in life in all its fullness, the kind that Jesus came, abundant life, is, is for now. The kingdom of God has come. It has not fully come. But it is here now. That's a whole sermon on a realized eschatology, which we can do another day. But the kingdom is here. So, yes, we look forward to the kingdom coming even more, but the kingdom is here. And so, as a church, uh, that is what shapes what we do. We believe we're people who are about bringing the kingdom in now, the people that God is using to bring the kingdom in now. And that is both humbling and challenging. There's a story told of a boy helping his dad wash his car. And I've told the story before, but it's a good one, so you can hear it again. Um, that's what happens when someone's been here this long. I don't have any new stories. Um, I'm just honest enough to say, I know I've told you this story. So there's a boy who says, can I help you, dad, wash the car? And the dad goes, okay. And, and the kid helps him wash the car. It takes him five times longer. To wash the car than it would if he did it on his own. And in a sense, we're like that with God. We get to help wash the car. God doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. God doesn't need our church to bring about the kingdom of God in Maple Ridge, but he'll use us because we're here and we're committed and we're ready. What a privilege that the God of the universe would use us in bringing about his redemption plan. We get to take part. So, we believe that Jesus Christ offers us eternal life that begins now. John 3.16, John 10.10. So our vision is to be a people living and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And living and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ means two things. If you want the churchy words for it, it's discipleship and it's evangelism. And you can't have one without the other. Discipleship and evangelism. So living the good news means growing deeper in our faith as whole life disciples. A whole life disciple is a disciple who doesn't just come to church for an hour every couple of weeks on a Sunday. A whole life disciple is someone who follows Jesus in the whole of their life. So... We want to grow deeper in our faith as whole life disciples who can lead like Jesus and lead others to know Jesus. And the other part, the evangelism, sharing the good news, means providing people with an opportunity to connect and explore their faith in Jesus Christ for themselves. That's evangelism. Notice we're not converting. Uh, I've been, uh, you may have had this too, I've been challenged by people. Are you going to convert me? I'm not interested in religion. Are you going to convert me? And I say, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a converter. I'll share with you my faith and my beliefs. The Holy Spirit does the converting. It's up to God what happens there. But our job is to share the good news so people have an opportunity to connect with God and explore faith in Jesus for themselves. So those are the two pieces The change from before. We've still got living and sharing the good news of Jesus. But just to emphasize, our vision is not to be a church that lives and shares the good news of Jesus. It's to be a people who live and share the good news of Jesus. And that means you take that responsibility. I take that responsibility when we're away from the church. When we're out in the world. It's not just about what we do as a church. It's about all of us taking on that work of being a disciple. Who lives and shares our faith in the world. So um, I mentioned in the work we did with life groups a book called Simple Church um, and the encouragement in that book is that churches need to have a clear um, discipleship process it calls it and people don't like the word process so I've used the word journey but it's a it's a process effectively this is the process and the people are on the journey Uh, We love talking, don't we, about our journeys of faith. And all our journeys of faith are different. Um, And so in some ways, it's quite hard to say, what as a church can we do to help people in their journeys of faith? Because um, everyone says, well, my story is different to your story. Yes, it is. And yet, if we have a shared journey that we recognize we can lead people through as a church, then we can see... Uh, what we're doing well, and we can see where the gaps are. Then we can see what we say yes to and what we say no to when it comes to church activities and events. Uh, And so the four words, connect, explore, grow, and lead, and none of this will be a surprise to you. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, uh, none of this will be a surprise to you. Connect is about inviting our community to connect with our church and each other ways we connect. We connect with Baby Cafe, with Oasis, we connect with one-off events that we might run. Um, At this kind of level there is no expectation of of teaching people how to understand the Trinity. At this kind of level we just want to connect with people. We want to reach out to our community. We want to do things and have fun. These are ways we might be able to serve the community, no strings attached. At some point, people say, I'd like to know a bit more about faith. And so then we have the explore uh, space. How can we provide spaces for people to explore faith in Jesus Christ? Um, The obvious one here is Alpha. Uh, That is a program that we use to help people explore faith in Jesus. there might be other things that we can do. It's a big jump from coming to a group to um, going to an Alpha course. So maybe there are other things we need to add in there. So people connect with the church, they explore faith, and at some point uh, they want to make a decision. And what that looks like in the Anglican Church is often baptism. It often looks like confirmation to people who've been away from church and come back people who were baptized and confirmed have been away from church and come back, it looks like reaffirmation of faith, those kind of markers where people say, yeah, I'm in, I'm not just exploring faith, and the beauty of the Anglican tradition is you can explore faith as long as you want, there is no pressure, right, so people can sit in that place of exploring faith, you can come to church and say, I'm still exploring faith, I'm not sure what I think, that is okay. Uh, but at some point we make a decision and we mark that in the church with baptism, with confirmation, with reaffirmation. Um, and then we have the grow phase. The grow phase is a, is a big one. The grow phase is how we grow deeper as disciples, which we do in Sundays through worship, which we do in prayer, which we do in life groups and, and all the things you know. I'm not going to talk too much about grow because um, it's quite obvious um, that that is the, the bulk of what we do as the church. And then the fourth phrase on the previous slide um, is, um, is lead. One of the things that came up strongly in the vision work is we need people who can step in and take leadership roles. We need people who are willing to serve. We need people who are going to be leaders in their faith. Now, I recognize that the word leaders is always contentious because somebody will put their hand up and say, but I'm not a leader. Do I get to do this? yes. I'm sorry, you do not get out of it. Being a leader means someone who can um, lead other people to Jesus. Being a leader means someone who will step up and say, yeah, you know what, I'd love to learn how to use the dishwasher and wash the dishes. That is a great way you could show leadership. Being a leader is someone who can... um, step in and have a conversation with someone about faith. Now, wouldn't it be cool if there were one or two of you who in your leadership were interested in exploring ordination in the Anglican church? And, you know, maybe uh, all this goes there. And for a couple of people, uh, that's where it is. But for most people, it's not going to be ordination, and you do not get out of it. For the church to go forward, we need to develop and grow leaders. Being a leader means, if you're thinking, well, I'm too old to do any of that, if you say that, I challenge you to find somebody who you can mentor who's younger than you. And by mentor, I don't mean give them your years of advice and wisdom. You can do that really subtly if you're careful. But I mean walk alongside them and say, yeah, I get it, that's hard. It's hard being a parent. It's hard being a dad. It's hard being a mum." and just be there. That is a way that you can lead whatever age and stage of life you're in. So these are the kind of things that come under, um, under that part. Um, in putting this together, it becomes really obvious where the gaps are. And it's almost like we need stepping stones to help people get from one to the next. More stepping stones to get from connecting with the church to exploring faith. More stepping stones from exploring faith to taking the jump to baptism and, and being a full part of the church. More stepping stones to, to gently get people in towards leading. Um, so there is much work to do. So on the next slide, there's five things. You've seen these before. Worship, serve, life group, give and go. And um, the general sense is, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, So that's still there, so I'm not going to talk about that Um, and um, In the midst of the connect explore grow and lead I put in the report different things we could do under those areas ways we can serve our city and I think the the beauty of the process is that that can be Um, we can be really explicitly clear about what we're doing. If you come to a group that's intention is just to connect with people, you can expect that you are not going to get an epic 30-minute sermon from me, right? If you come to a group that's about exploring faith, then maybe we have a bit more content there. And... um, so I think it really helps us in terms of seeing where these things land. Um, the danger of the church um, is that we become older and smaller and more inward focused And you don't need to look far to see places where that happens. But looking inward is much easier than looking outward. and um, Yeah Uh, Archbishop William Temple in the 1800s said the church is the only membership organization that exists for the benefit of its non members another quote you've heard before So how do we serve Our city there are all sorts of ways. Um, I think there are about a hundred. I joked we get a hundred ideas I think we did uh, get so many different things Uh, The the Connect, Explore, Grow and Lead gives us a framework to see how we can do that as we are about making disciples and recognizing that there's some things that we will do as a whole church community and other things where as a disciple who leads, you will lead in the business sphere. You will lead in the non-profit sphere. You will lead in the community sphere. at the bottom of the diagram, there are a few things we put on there just because they're important um, that that came up that we didn't want to lose. Um, two of the things we did lose was innovation and excellence because that came up as people thinking, well, we don't really love those things. Um, but if you want to completely lose innovation and excellence, then go find a new priest um, because that's kind of my DNA, is we want to try things. We want to innovate. So I, I don't think it's we wanted to lose those things. We just struggle with the words. And likewise, with excellence, uh, it took me about six hours to do this diagram and make it look neat. And it's not perfect. It's not excellence, but I did my best. Uh, but this is what excellence looks like. It's going, how can we communicate our, these things as best we can? Um, we recognize we're never going to be perfect. So somehow, uh, they're not on there. but. I don't think we should lose those things completely. But we did put up the Bible, prayer, and the Holy Spirit, um, because these things aren't obvious for Anglican churches, and we're an Anglican church, so uh, it's important to say um, that we value the Bible, that we're a community of of prayer. Um, Again, it sounds obvious, but if it's not on there at all, um, that could get missed. Um, The Holy Spirit, um, it was raised, well, there's, there's three parts of the Trinity, that's just one. Um, Yes, um, the Holy Spirit in this context is is there to say that we value the Spirit as living and active and at work today um, in in the life of our church. Um, Lots of people talk about the Holy Spirit, but then they don't spend any time waiting on the Spirit, for example. Worship in spirit and truth, community, uh, one that welcomes and cares, um, that comes up a lot that that we, we build on our community. Um, And then creation, um, it was previously called stewardship. Uh, That can be confused with financial stewardship, which is still important. Um, But just, you know, we're, we're a church that has a dishwasher and not a garbage canister. And that means we have to get people to serve. But we have almost no waste. The only waste we have is when you go to Tim's and bring a coffee on your way in and it gets dumped there. We have very little waste as a church. That's an example of ways that we Um, we feel as a community, um, that is important to us. Um, And I think that is uh, definitely an important piece in the wider Anglican church um, of caring for creation. So that's what that looks like. Um, As we look to the future, there are lots of unknowns. Churches around the diocese are being assessed to see whether they could knock them down and build condos and then put a church space in there. Um, that's a, an ongoing project. Um, there are places where that's already happening. Um, we'll have to think about what we do in terms of resourcing for, um, for staff and ministry, um, for overseeing youth work, children and families ministry, um, uh, and those kinds of things. Um, it's all there. I think as we look ahead, um, we do have an opportunity. There are not a lot of Anglican churches in BC that are um, operating themselves in the kind of way that we are worshiping in the kind of way that we do. Um, and often people will ask me the question, you know, why why is it that things are going uh, are looking better at St George's? And I think you know we know the answers. Uh, we have over these years uh, together stepped out and made changes in boldness and in faith um, and we see the fruit of that and it's not a quick thing uh, it's a long thing it's, it's a long-term um, process the biggest shift that I think we've made in this work is the shift from saying we want to be a church that fills the building that has you know two or three hundred people coming to say saying we want to be a church that focuses on the process, the journey of making disciples. Because if we focus on the process, the journey of making disciples, then we'll fill the church. But in the event that we don't fill the church, and there's still only 80 of us or 100 of us, we haven't failed. We haven't failed. The most important thing is the process. Because through the process of... Um, of helping people on their discipleship journey to connect, to explore, to grow, and to lead. Maybe people come here and they're at St. George's for two or three years and then they move to the interior or they move to Ontario or they move to the island. In that time, we together can be a place that has equipped people to go and serve in the wider church. I'm going to leave it there. Um, a couple more things I'll say when we get to the meeting itself um, yeah but I'll, I'll pause there um, so what we're going to do now is um, we are going to in a moment say goodbye to the people watching online and then we're going to have five minutes or so to discuss with people around us uh, anything that's come out, anything that particularly inspires you and you just want to share uh, that excites you, anything that uh, you find um, is is you have a question about. Um, you'll do that together.